Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. My next guest, and he is the first guest on the Sandro Forte podcast to be resilient enough to actually agree to be, I don't like to use the word interviewed, as you know, because this is more like a, a pub chat. But Rob Stone, our next guest today, which somebody's had an extraordinary life and career, is actually suffering currently from pneumonia. Uh, despite the fact he was given the opportunity to reschedule, he decided to go on regardless. So I, uh, he's already got a feather in his cap as far as I'm concerned. But Rob Stone, for those of you who don't know Rob, is the founder of Instaloft, a company that's gone from a startup to £14 million turnover in just seven years. Quite extraordinary, really. Now, from desperately selling his belongings at car boot sales, if you don't know what a car boot sale is, we'll come on to talk about that, I'm sure, to feeding his nine children. You did hear that right, nine children. Rob now inspires business leaders worldwide with his rag to riches story. I have to say, um, not least because my mum loves a car boot sale and the fact that I'm one of seven children myself, I'm really, really excited to hear about Rob's story today. Uh, and I'm sure all of you will when you get into the nitty gritty of this, because it is quite a journey through life. And the one thing that we know about all the Sandro Forte podcast guests is they've either overcome some kind of challenge in life or achieved extraordinary success. And Rob Stone has actually done both. So I'm going to, I'm going to, and I reserve this word, but I'm going to use the word. It's a great honor, Rob, to have you on the Sandro Forte podcast uh, today. Not least because you are so poorly, but you're doing it anyway. So um, I salute you, sir. Thank you for being what I know is going to be a wonderful guest today. Thank you. And thank you for having me. It's great to be here and try and share some inspiration in my story. We'll, we'll leave all the coughing in just to make it as authentic <laughs> as possible. So okay. poor, old, poor old Rob. Poor old Rob. So let, let's start, if we may, Rob, with your background. You know, for those people who don't know Rob, who Rob Stone is, they'll all be already be um, online looking at Instaloft. But let's just understand a little bit about who you are, where it all started. Okay, so, so the beginning of the business, you, you, you mean, I guess. Yeah, yeah. a little bit about um, your family background, where it all started for you, where do you come from, family beginnings, and then, yeah, sure, then this well, transition into the business. Yeah, like, like, like many people that we, we meet on a daily basis, and, and many entrepreneurs, I started off from a very humble background. Um, I live with my mum on a council estate, and, you know, we, we lived a quite poor life I, I think is probably the best way to describe it I remember being picked on for wearing trousers that were too short at school and all those sort of things and 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 really vowing that one day I wanted to get out of that um world um and and of course I grew up um, at a time when this sort of thing wasn't very encouraged the internet wasn't um very much around and when it was it was a 56 game mode and take you an hour to find anything um and 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 so the opportunities really weren't there for me for me at that, at that time um, but I never gave up and I tried lots of different things to try and um, make a bit of money. Um, I probably had seven or eight different attempts to, to, to make a successful business before this one um, worked. Um, uh, 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 and more recently, when I got involved in this, um, I've been made redundant from, from, from 
you know, a, a normal job, I guess. Um, and um, I started doing some work in the insulation world, and that, that bottom fell out of that during, during, during uh, 2012. Um, and, and so I, I eat a living for a couple of years, um, doing okay. Um, and then in 2014, it just, you know, it come to an end. Um, the world wasn't working for me at all. And, and I can remember sitting on my living room floor crying because, you know, I got no job, I got no savings, I'd used all my, my access to credit and, and things like that. Um, my wife and I were, you know, almost on the edge of, of parting ways. Um, and we've got nine kids between us, which, you know, you've got to think about how you're going to feed them. Um, and really it was like, you know, how am I going to feed the family? I, I have a lot of DVDs um, and I was selling them for, as you said, on a car boot sale uh, for a pound each just to try and get money for food um, and things like that. So it was a, it was a really tough time um, trying to work out, you know, what to do next in my life. I can remember playing with lots of different things at the time. Um, thought about setting up a lingerie website, but if you don't know how to make a website, but you know, I'm not that technically, technically minded, so I had to dabble and could, just couldn't figure it out. So I thought all sorts of little things to try and bring in a few pennies, if nothing else. Um, and, and, and then one day I was scrolling through, um, well, it wasn't a business opportunities thing, but it was maybe a franchise website or something along, along those lines, just looking for ideas, you know, thinking if I can find something simple that I can replicate, um, a franchise, in theory, works, because that's how they get sold. Uh, and I saw one for um, a company called More Than Loft Ladders. Um, <laughs> I thought, oh, that, that's interesting. I've worked in lofts. I've done loft installation. I spent some time doing that. Um, I could probably do that, um, but I couldn't afford a franchise fee because I had no money. Um, so I said, you know, there's got to be some way I could figure out how to do this. Um, but the problem I got, you know, speaking to people about it, saying, oh, I thought, I've seen this, this, this advert, and I think I could do it without buying a franchise because I've got no money. But everyone thought it was a stupid idea. Oh, you know, you, you're going to go and put loft boards in someone's house and loft ladders. No one's going to be interested in that. Um, but I decided I really wanted to make it try and work. But, you know, I needed a, a USP. Um, I needed a, a website, a logo, uh, some money would have been useful at the time, I guess. Uh, and I just didn't have any of those things. So um, I, I carried on looking into it because, let's face it, I'm sat there with nothing else to do. Um, and I discovered a system called uh, Loft Zone, which is a patented raised loft floor system. Uh, and that's designed to protect loft insulation from being squashed and damaged. Um, and, and, and I contacted them and said, look, would you be able to supply me? Uh, and they're a bit sceptical because, you know, I say to them, well, I want you to supply me, but I'm getting money to buy it. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so that was a bit strange. So um, reluctantly, they said, that, you know, they, they, they sent me a lead for a customer and I got the customer. And they offered to send me the materials on the basis that I would pay for those materials on the day the customer paid me, which is when I do the work. Um, so I sort of got myself my first customer and I thought, I still haven't got a website or anything. So I set myself up, I couldn't afford a website, so I set myself up a Facebook page um, and just started advertising um, on Facebook buy, sell, swap groups and things like that. So, you know, nothing, nothing that was going to cost me any money. Um, I probably did that um, three or four times a day. You know, and just getting so, some 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 time wasted. Some people are generally interested, but it was enough to just start me going. And um, but of course, I had no tools, and I had no money, so I couldn't buy material. So um, I, I saw an advert on the TV, and it was for one of these um, you know credit cards for people with bad debt. Uh, and as I got into a point at that time in my life where you know I, I was in that category, um, I thought, well, I'll apply for it and see what I can get. Um, and they gave me a, a credit card with a limit of two hundred pounds. 
um, which which wasn't a lot, but it was the it was really what started Instaloft. Um, that two hundred pound got me a few basic tools. It got me uh, a tape measure and a ladder um, to be able to climb up and do the work. Um, and, and I think for the first customer, I bought an aluminium ladder that was about forty or fifty pounds um, from a local DIY store. And the bits that Lawson were able to send me um, and a few boards. And I was actually doing this work from the back of a, a very a very battered um, Ford Mondeo saloon. Um, so I didn't even have an estate car. It was in the back of a saloon. I could do, I can remember I could do up to 14 square metres yeah, of loft space um, in, in that car. Uh, and that served me quite well for quite a while there. So I just I had a bit of a panic if somebody said to me, look, we have a big loft done. You know, it was, it was like small, small jobs suiting well because I could turn up in my car and just about afford the fuel. Uh, and I was borrowing money off my wife, you know, maintenance money, saying, can I have some of that back because I've got to buy some boards and I'll give it you back later and stuff like this. Um, um, but we, we got there um, and, and, and I created a, a logo just on one of these free logo creating things um, and, and really launched the business, you know, from, from that point onwards, um, you know, getting paid small amounts of money. Um, but doing the jobs myself, um, which, which, you know, as anyone knows, when you first start off, the overheads are quite low. Um, but I made a key point of thinking, well, if I want to grow this, I need to make sure I charge the right price from the beginning, um, which I did. But the first few months was just me and, and actually one of my 14-year-old sons, who uh, was 14 at the time, um, coming out with me, working till 10 o'clock at night sometimes. We hadn't got a clue what we were doing. We were just, you know, almost winging it. You know, we are doing a good job and we were following guys off YouTube and all these sort of things, trying to figure out what we were doing. But, but you know, we, we went there, we did a good job, we got happy customers, and we built a reputation based on that. Wow, what a story. Um, I have to say, this is probably the first time in 170-odd guests, Rob, where in the first five minutes, I, I can't believe the amount of perspective you've given. You know, you come across as a very humble guy. Um, as you say, you know, with very basic beginnings, it, it all started... Um, you know, somewhere near, I use the expression, somewhere near the bottom um, for you. And uh, despite all of the business failures that went before it, the redundancy, the nine kids, uh, and all the responsibilities that go with that, you know, bit by bit by bit, you built up an extraordinarily successful business. But I suppose the obvious question now is, you know, most people, Rob, they, when they're confronted with a challenge in life, they, you know, they either sink or swim. They either you know, pull the duvet over the head and, and hope that the problem will go away or they try and deal with it and some deal with it very successfully. But then another challenge comes along and, and that's the moment at which they kind of go, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can deal with any more of this. You've been through it over and over and over again over yeah. a period of years. How on earth do you find the resilience to keep going? I think um, one of the things that's obviously behind me, as you mentioned, is I've got, between me and my wife, we've got nine children. Um, and that's no small feat in itself, as you know, being one of seven. Um, and I think you've got to you've got to have a good strong why behind you, or a good strong reason for doing what you're doing. So if your reason is just to make money, um, then that's not necessarily strong enough to keep you going. You know, if it's just because you do it for the sake of it, you know, you've got nothing else to do. It's, it's not a good reason. My reason is that I've got you know all these children that I want to leave them a legacy, so that you know, and, and some of them are, are a lot older. You know, we spent years not going on holiday, you know, with, with the older ones of our children, couldn't afford to in those days. And the younger ones have, have learned, they've experienced a bit of a different lifestyle, I, I guess. Um, but the overriding thing is we want them to be at a point, at some point in their life, where they will benefit from this in, in quite a strong way. 
Um, and, and so whenever things get tough and I, you know, there are times when I sit there thinking, you know, why am I doing this? You know, what, what's, what's the reason for getting up in the morning? What's the reason for going to the office and having the next meeting or, or dealing with the next complaint or, or whatever it might be? You know, it's always, I've got all those kids to think about. I've got a wife that I promised a good life to, you know, and, and those, those things keep me going each day. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in here in awe because, as I said at, at the start of the show today, you know, my mum does love a good car boot sale, but I guess her, her um, experience of car boot was very different to yours. And for those of you around the world who don't know what we're talking about, a car boot is when you sell personal belongings out of the back of your car, usually on a Sunday morning, uh, and people pay very small amounts of money for what you're selling. Uh, so raising any significant amount of money is, is um, to use your expression, uh, Rob, no mean feat. So um, this this resilience, the, the, the why, which is a fantastic answer, which will resonate with a lot of people. What are the mistakes that, I mean, you've made, as you freely admit, some mistakes along the way, a few, a few things you've tried that haven't worked out in the way you wanted them to, but then, you know, I guess this epiphany, this, this idea that, that grew and grew and grew uh, just by you, you know, taking it one single step at a time. What are the common mistakes that you find people make you know, in business, um, is it a, is it the lack of the why? Is it, um, you know, because I'm, I'm particularly interested to talk to you today about mindset. You know, there must be something going on inside your head, notwithstanding the why and the nine kids. There must be something about Rob Stone that is, you know, I wouldn't say unique because lots of people have great and very strong mindsets. Where did that come from? Where does this, is it, is it adversity? Is it your humble beginnings with your mum in a council house? It certainly was for me, but did did you need almost need that adversity to make you more resilient? Where where does this incredible mindset that you clearly have where does it come from? Yeah, it's an interesting one. So so growing up, I can remember. You know, this sounds a bit selfish, perhaps in some ways, but I can remember. You know, making lists at Christmas of things that we wanted, um, and and you know, year after year, never getting any of those things because the family simply couldn't afford it. So well, friends and you know, other people were getting these things. We we didn't get all of that thing and, and those are memories that were not my parents fault by any stretch of imagination but they were just part of life you know uh, and, and i remember you know when i first started having children it was like you know i want to be able to buy them these things i want to be able to you know i want them to want for nothing within reason because you've got to be sensible with that as well um and i think that that is an initial um driver is, is how can i provide the best life for my wife and my children as, as i mentioned before um so having a why and having a strong reason behind it is is, is is a lot of people start just for the sake of it. You know, they do it because they can. And and that is not a strong enough reason to to continue. The other thing I think people make a mistake of, and certainly I did when I first started Instaloft, is, is not knowing the numbers. You know, so you can go out there and think you're making a fortune. Um, and actually, you, you don't know how your numbers interrelate with each other. You know, you go out and spend, you know, I was talking to somebody recently that can't understand why they've never got any money. It's because they're spending more than they're actually making, they're spending the money before they've got their profit yeah. figures and all those sort of things. So they haven't got a clue whether they're making the money they're spending, you know, and, and they're funding their lifestyle from their business account, you know, which just doesn't work. You've got to separate your personal from your business and you've got to know your numbers. You've got to learn to understand how your P&Ls and your balance sheets work. Because I can, I can remember um, early on, you know, probably after about a year or so of running Instaloft, you know, sitting there thinking, well, in theory, I'm making lots of money. We've done 125,000 in that first year, but I made 12,500 pound profit, and that didn't seem right to me because it hadn't been that bad a year. But that's what the, the book showed. And I sat there in a group of people telling me all about these things, 
and I was fully asleep, literally, you know, my eyes were shutting down, and I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about, all these numbers, all these different things, you know, it was just boring, you know, and, and the business owners, a lot of the time, we don't want to get tied into those numbers, we, we've got the passion, we want to be out there doing the sales and, and getting the work done, and we forget about this bit at the back end, which is where it all starts to work. You know, you've got to know how much your customers cost you or how much you think they will cost you, you know, and be fairly accurate. You've got to be able to predict certain trends in, in costs of materials and all these sort of things. And some of that takes a while to build up. But, you know, it's a mistake a lot of people know make is they just wing it from day to day and month to month rather than actually looking and going, hang on, have I got something that's got a predictable model here? Uh, and, and probably most businesses have, they know how to put it together. Um, they just don't understand they need to learn that. You know, it's, it's part of any you know, business growth and, and, and personal growth is learning what you don't know. I'm just going to go back to something you mentioned. I, we talked a little bit about mindset. I want to try and connect that with what you've just said, Rob. Um, when we were doing our research on you, and it, it, it was a fascinating piece of work, but when we were doing our research, we, we came across a fact that I believe you've shared. And it's a very interesting fact, one I'd never given any uh, particular thought to. And the fact is that 96% of business owners fail to exceed seven figures in terms of, um, uh, of revenue. Why, why is it, do you think, that there is this kind of, let's call it a glass ceiling? Why is it that so few people fail to go beyond a certain level of productivity? Because yeah. that is an extraordinary fact. This, 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 this fact and this, this question is, is quite an interesting one because after that um, was released, um, and, and I didn't make that figure up, I just, it's just a, one of these things I found out. Um, I, I posted it in a forum I'm a member of, um, and several people said, well, actually, we don't want to. You know, we, we're not interested in doing that. So, so there are, in that 96% of businesses that fail to achieve it, there's a percentage, and I don't know the number, of people that just, so, just don't want to. They are funding a lifestyle business. It's paying their their mortgage, their rent, their holidays, you know, and it's just giving them what they want, you know. And that's great. I think, you know, I, I applaud anyone if, if that's what they want to do. They're comfortable with it and they can maintain a lifestyle afterwards. I've, I've got no issue with that at all, you know, credit where it's due. Um, I always wonder what they do when they stop work, you know, in those situations. Do they have to think on a normal pension or, you know, how do they make ends meet? But um, of the ones that do want to achieve it, um, that's a whole different ballgame altogether, of course, because you know they can be sitting there day in day out trying to figure it out, wondering why they can't do it, and 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 that's not understanding. You know, a business has various different departments. It has, you know, a, a delivery function. Um, you know, where you, in our case we've got our installers. It's got a sales function, but the sales can't go without the marketing. You know, and there's an admin side to it. So there's there's, there's good sort of you know probably five core functions in a business, but they all work into each other. They're all interconnected. And you've got to know how those those things work together. And, and I said before, you know, what those costs are, because, you know, we, what I did after my first year is I looked at the last year's figures and said, well, you know, my, my cost of materials is around 32% and my marketing cost is around 5%. And somebody said to me, well, if you want to grow your business, you, your marketing should be 10%. So I thought, well, maybe I'm not spending enough on, on advertising. Um, so I started to create a, a long cash flow forecast, um, but it was based on, Right. If I want to achieve this much money on this date, um, you know, at, at the bottom figure, what does that need to look like based on all these percentages at the top end? So how many sales do I need to produce? You know, and what's my average sale value? Um, and, and people don't do that. I think they just think, well, you know, they'll throw a load of money advertising, you know, and hope something sticks. They'll, they'll, they'll 
put an extra van on and hope they can fill it, you know, or, or let, open an extra store and hope that customers come in. They don't look at the numbers and really understand how they interact with each other. And I, I, I found for me it was better to start at the end. You know, this is where I want to get to this year. Um, what does that look like? You know, so by that month I've got to be doing this many sales, which which to do that many sales I only need this many vans. To have that many vans, I need this many staff, and to run those staff, I need an extra person here as well. You know, and I really started at the end of the year and went back to the beginning, uh, rather than sort of saying, "Oh, I'll just do this tomorrow and see what happens." Wow. So seven years ago, you had this idea that that yeah. kind of fall over out of a mixture of desperation and desire to do something. Seven years later, twenty twenty one. Just tell us about the business today, Rob. Where, where you're at now yeah so it went from me working on a you know working for my three-bed semi on a driveway as well so all my, my equipment and everything was on, a, on my drive um that was back in 2014 so now we've got six depots around the country um with 130 staff doing around 14 million pound in revenue <laughs> for anyone listening uh, and we do have listeners from all around the world, Rob, anyone listening, if, if you are doubting yourself at this moment in time, or you're reflecting on the last sort of 2024 months and, you know, the global pandemic that's affected so many people, and you are concerned that you may not be able to uh, make a success of your life or to overcome a particular challenge, I think you need to listen to Rob's story a few times over. Um, Rob, what are the, what are the, you, you mentioned a couple of mistakes that, uh, that business owners make. What are some of the lessons that you've learned on this incredible journey? And it, and it's a very quick path to success too, may I add. Seven years is no time at all, really. Um, what are some of the lessons that you've learned? And what are the things that you've learned maybe about yourself, apart from this incredible resilience and a strong mindset? Um, and the fact that you're clearly uh, far more talented than maybe you thought you were seven years ago. Uh, what have you learned? Those lessons in life that you might be able to share with, with everyone listening? Oh, there's a, there's a few things. I mean, from a personal point of view, um, we all get carried away in our vision. So we know what we want to do and we take staff on and we say, right, go and do that. And they say, well, go and do what? You know, go and do, the, do, go and do your job. You know, well, people don't have a clear idea of what their job is. Um, and I think it's very easy as owners and, 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 and people who run businesses, you know, entrepreneurs, that we, we don't share our vision with our staff and we don't really give them clear instructions so we then get frustrated and you know, there's been a number of times you know especially in the early years where you know i've asked people to do things and they haven't really followed through um and it became, took a while for me to realize that was me not explaining myself it wasn't necessarily the people it was it was me you know um not making my vision clear not not explaining to people what their their roles were what their responsibilities were and it's something we, we still work on you know regularly today so you know your team are the most important people behind you. You know, you, you can run the business and you can do what you want, but if your team haven't got your back, you know, um, it's always going to be a challenge. It's really making sure that you take on the right people, you know, and you don't always know who they are. Sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you, you, you learn from your mistakes, you know. But if you've got your roles and responsibilities and you hold people accountable properly, you know, then everyone's clear on the function they're doing within the business. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's much easier to scale if everyone's clear on what their what their roles are and what they're accountabilities are mm. and what does the next five years look like i mean dare i say the way the way things have gone over the last seven what do the next five years look like because you strike me as the kind of guy who's really um you know really got a grip now of 
uh, business, what's needed to make it successful. You've clearly learned an awful lot um, just by being inquisitive, by understanding, you know, your own weaknesses, which are a very important part of growth. But what does the next five years look like if you've, if you've thought that far ahead? Uh, uh, for Interloft point of view, we currently cover around 50% of the UK. Um, so we're keen to progress that quickly and, and spread to the rest of the UK to get that going. Um, become a, a fully national business that's all corporately owned. Um, but we're also, there's something I can't talk about really, but we're, we're involved in an acquisition at the moment, uh, which is in a very similar um, marketplace. You know, it's the same type of customers, you know, um, and, and so by diversifying a little bit and adding other brands in, we can capitalise on that and, and, and really help to grow our customer base and, and provide an even wider service. Wow. Um, and how do we find out about you i mean instaloft that's easy enough to look at yeah. um but um website are you a social media kind of guy have you written a book um it it feels like there might be a film about you sometime soon <laughs> but how do you uh how do we find out more about rob stone um if, if we uh, want to look you up and connect yeah sure so so uh, the website is www.instaloft.co.uk uh i think if you like I don't know the um, the Facebook page, um, but if you type in Instaloft on Facebook, um, it soon pops up there. Um, they can lock me up, Robert Stone, on LinkedIn as well. I'm fairly easy to find if anyone wants to connect. I'm happy to talk and try and advise if I can. If I if I don't know anything about what you're talking about, I'll just tell you straight. I don't I don't get it, <laughs> which happens a lot, unfortunately, because some of the things people come through with, I just I don't have a clue what they're talking about, you know. Um, but some people come and have some great ideas and. and you know, they ask for help and I say, look, you know, the best help you can you can get is to learn it for yourself. You know, here's, here's what I would do if I was you. But the best person to do it is, is, is yourself. You know, and people don't realise that they are the best person quite often for their business because they've got the passion. And I suppose in this day and age, you know, learning uh, your trade, learning a new skill or an idea or, or, or doing some kind of research is much easier, of course, than it was maybe 30 years ago, of course. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I guess one of my final questions to you, Rob, because I would I'd love to know more about this incredible journey. But um, one of my final questions would really be, just because I think you're you're um, you're the perfect person to ask this question to, just because you have dealt with so much adversity. Um, how do you? I understand the why. I understand the reason to do something. But from a practical perspective, when things go wrong, how do you? pick yourself up, dust yourself down and, and go again. Because that seems to be, from all the feedback we get, that the biggest challenge that a lot of listeners have is, you know, they get a knock, okay, they deal with it. And then there's another one. And then there's another one. And there comes a point where they just kind of get worn down and enough's enough and they don't, and they don't want to carry on. Um, and, and that is what thwarts so much potential in the world. But, you know, you've taken knock after knock after knock is it just about refocusing on that on that why about the legacy for your kids and maintaining a good relationship with your wife uh, and, and all those other things you've mentioned, or, or is there a, a kind of a process that you go through? Um, because a lot of people ask us that question, and, and few guests are able to answer it. Yeah, I think I think um, the, the why is always important. So there's always an underlying reason why we, why we get up in the morning, we do these things. But I think you've also got to have a few personal goals amongst that. So. It wasn't actually that long ago where I was a bit, almost feeling a bit lost. And I thought, you know, why am I doing this? COVID had happened. You know, we have gone through all the things of getting through it. And we've done really well coming through it. But I sort of lost a bit of motivation along the way. Um, 
and, and, and largely that's because you know we, a lot of us are victims of our own success. If we've got a good business, it's quite easy to to you know almost get complacent in our minds, not in the business, but in, in our minds. You know, you 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 got your house, you got your car, you know, you, you're going on your holidays, and you almost have nothing to achieve anymore. And and that's quite dangerous, I think, for any business owner is, is to is to lose that thing to achieve. So so what I did is is um, I, I thought you know it's something I haven't done. I, don't know. I, I haven't learned to fly, you know. Um, and and much as I love Superman, I'm not going to do that with my own physical body. So I have to go and get some pilot lessons. Um, so I thought, oh, that, you know, that's something to you know excite me and keep me going. We need a bit of excitement in our lives to to deal with these mundane. Um, things so I got piloting lessons and I started looking at the price of a plane and you know if I want a decent plane oh it costs this much money right I need to up my game I need to start working harder I need to put plans in place to be able to do you know things like this and you know flying's not everyone's cup of tea you know you might want to go on more holidays or you might say well you know me and the family are going to go away and spend two months on holiday every year you know we're going to go away for the entire summer you know it's got to be something that really gets you excited and just say just sitting down every now and again saying what are my goals what am I trying to achieve you know, what's it going to do for me and how's it going to keep me passionate? Um, and I think you, you've got to do that, especially when you're feeling quite low. Um, you've got to be able to sit there and say, you know, where am I? Who am I? And what am I trying to achieve? And I think if I could also add a word, because uh, it, it comes across loud and clear, is your your brutal honesty, that self-honesty that you have. Because I think a lot of people would be expecting you to say, this incredible seven-year journey, you know, you know, uh, looking to kind of take over the world as far as your um, business success is concerned, grow the business, grow the business, you know, 130 staff, six depots. But even Rob Stone has moments, despite this extraordinary journey, where he still has those moments of self-doubt and reflection and, um, you know, I'm a bit bored or distracted or, you know, lost my way a little bit. I mean, that, that level of honesty um, comes across loud and clear. It's not something we necessarily hear from that many successful people in business. Uh, and so if I can maybe add that word to, to what you've just come out with is a very articulate answer. Um, people being able to look at themselves and go, you know, it isn't perfect. I do need to adjust things a little bit. I do need to do something new, find some more excitement in my life because we still haven't discovered the secret of success because we don't really know what it is by definition. Everyone has their own version. Um, and, and what's come across today is uh, the Rob Stone version of success is, you know, dealing with adversity, taking those baby steps one after another, after another, picking himself up and dusting himself down when it goes wrong, as it's done a few times for you. Um, looking at, at the why and trying to uh, stay focused on that and almost reinventing yourself every now and again. So in, in, in 30 minutes, I can't quite believe what we've managed to pack in. Uh, final question. <laughs> And you are definitely the winner of the largest number of children award when it comes to podcast <laughs> guests. But if one of those nine children came up to you and said, Dad, um, you know, everything you've achieved is awe-inspiring and, and very motivating. And, and clearly we're learning lots from you as a role model. But if you could, if you could deal with all the clutter for us, because everyone tells us a million things. And so we've got all these different ideas and mantras and ways of living our life and being successful in business. But if there was just one Rob Stone, focus on this and nothing else rule, what would that Rob Stone rule be? Yeah. Ironically, it's, it's, it's a rule that um, flies in the face of, of taking advice from people because it's don't take advice from people. You know, um, um, you know, it, 
we, 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 we speak to our friends, we speak to our family, and we say, what do you think of this idea? And none of them have got a clue. You know, so they'll tell you it's a bad idea, it's a good idea. They, they haven't got a clue. They don't know. You know, if they tell you you can't do it, that means nothing. Everyone told me I couldn't do this. Um, and, and clearly they were right. <laughs> you know, um, we, we listen to the wrong advice. You know, get yourself in the books, get yourself reading, um, join mentor groups, you know, masterminds, listen to podcasts, you know, and, and, and learn to believe in yourself and your abilities, you know, not what other people tell you can and can't do. Well, if there's anyone out there that doesn't now believe in themselves, having listened to your story today, then there is something seriously wrong. Rob Stone, um, it's been a, a very uplifting 30 minutes. Um, you, you came recommended by a few people, and I absolutely know now why uh, you were recommended. And I can only say it's been an honour speaking to you today. Um, very, very inspiring. And I think a lesson to us all that anything is possible and no disrespect intended to you at all with, with that comment because you have started at the bottom, worked your way up to the top and you still you still see yourself going on and on and on, which is, which is amazing. So uh, continue being fantastic, changing the lives of many people, uh, being an inspiration to your children and all those other people you come across. Uh, and thank you very much for being a wonderful Sandro Forte podcast guest. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it.